Welcome to Strategies for Turbulent Times with your hosts, Matthew Werner and Dr. Kathy Greenberg, here to help you stare down adversity, adapt, improvise, and overcome the challenges you are facing in your own life. Now, here are Dr. Kathy and Captain Matthew. Welcome, everybody, to a happy Friday morning and Strategies for Turbulent Times. I'm here with Matthew Warner, and we're coming from a little bit of a special location here in Palm Beach. We're in a bit of a glass conference room that we thought was soundproof, but forgive us if there's a little mumbling in the background. It's just, unfortunately, people outside the glass. I feel like we're kind of in a fishbowl. I now know what it feels like when people come to the zoo. <laughs> want to look in and see who's there. <laughs> Matthew, how are you this morning? Well, the fishbowl story, I don't want to talk about it right now, but uh, that, we'll save that one for a later time. But happy Friday, everybody. Um, we have a, a very special guest, and I'm excited to, to learn more about uh, what he's doing. His, uh, the guest is Pat Croji. What an extensive career, what an extensive uh, experiences of life, and uh, I'm really excited. Uh, welcome, super. Pat. So, um we're going to just give you a quick bio on uh, a wonderful human being who I have been blessed to meet. We, uh, we met while we were both at the Jefferson University Integrated Medicine Conference led by our dear friend, Dr. Daniel Monte. And uh, it was such a joy uh, to connect with him and his team. Pat has enjoyed diverse entrepreneurial careers in sports medicine, professional sports, and the hospitality industry. In fact, we just learned that he has two restaurants in Key West, which you may have actually enjoyed. And we'll talk more about that as we get into the show. Pat is a New York Times bestselling author. His uh, entrepreneurial endeavors uh, include growing his sports physical therapist business to 40 centers across 11 states before selling it to NovaCare. And in 1996, Pat became minority owner and CEO of the Philadelphia 76ers, where he led the team from last place in 1996 to the NBA Finals in 2001. And for the past eight years, he's been on a spiritual journey around the world leading inward. For the past three years, he has hosted Meditation Hill Sangha via Zoom for all with a love for the truth, ranging from movie producers to college and sports athletes. Pat, we are so blessed to have you on the show today. Welcome. Thank you, Dr. Kathy and Captain Matthew. It's great to be with you again. <laughs> we, we uh, you know, Matthew has been uh, actually in your audience unknowingly. Uh, when I'm playing the recordings of the Meditation Hill Sangha, which I get regularly from Lauren, thank you for that. And um, there's such a wonderful experience for everybody, and, and to me, especially for law enforcement and uh, military professionals, uh, it's really a way to ground yourself. And I know, you know, you, you've had a, a career of supporting people like Julius Irving and Charles Barkley and many, many superstars across sports. I, I would like to think of our law enforcement and our military heroes as people that you can also serve through Meditation Health Sangha and your healing journey. So let's get going about who you are, who's influenced you, and how you got to where you are, Pat. 
Oh, wow. That's quite a story. Uh, I was a physical <laughs> therapist by trade, but I also was a certified athletic trainer. So I merged the two worlds back in the late 70s and helped to create and market the term sports medicine. It was relatively new back then, but there were many people doing aerobics and uh, triathlons and strength training and aerobic dancing and play. Uh, Pilates had just started. So people were doing too much too soon and getting too hurt. So I was right there to help the injured become good and the good become great. At the same time, I got my foot into the Philadelphia Flyers as their conditioning coach. And then from there to the Philadelphia 76ers. And when the opportunity presented itself, I had sold my sports medicine centers in 1993, fulfilled a two-year employment contract, but it wasn't to my passion. They weren't, it didn't feel the same. My people still run Novacare where we turned in, merged with them. My 40 turned into the fuel that built Novacare up as it is today, a public company. I was not a public company and I did not want to be a part of a public company. And then I left and kind of retired for the first time. But at that age, I mean, at 1995, retiring, no way. And uh, there's a three-term mantra that I love. Kathy and Matthew, relationships determine results. And it was on the credenza of the guy I sold, a sports physical therapist too, John Foster, who was a venture capitalist. And But this relationships determines results really was the foothold into my next endeavor. And that was because I had a relationship with the owner of the Philadelphia 76ers. I was the team's physical conditioning coach. And as you said, Kathy, I was the one who got Dr. J, Julius Irving, in shape and brought the ground mound of rebound Charles Barkley down to a svelte 250. He didn't really like me that much back then. However, we've become to love each other after the fact. And then uh, so when it was time to look for what's next for me, I had a I had a lunch with Harold Katz, the owner, and he made his money because he created Nutrisystem. And at the time, the Sixers were awful. Like, it's 1995. They had only won 18 games out of an 82-game schedule. And I was just persistent. I said, let me buy 10% of the team. Let me infuse a team culture and team esprit and bring some energy in. I'll take the abuse from the Philadelphia sports fans and the media. And he said, no, Pat, when I sell, it will be all or nothing. Well, Matthew and Kathy, all I heard was all or nothing. I didn't hear no. Uh, no, not yet. That's how I interpreted it. And I came back and I had Comcast. I through a relationship with Ron Rubin, who I consider my Jewish godfather in Philadelphia. He introduced me to Brian and Ralph Roberts on Comcast. And I pitched them this idea. And they loved the idea for content for Comcast. And they, they would then get the flyers and create this sports channel, which Brian Roberts is brilliant. He created something in his mind just from a pitch. And so we went after it, and Harold eventually sold me the rights. And then we took over in April of 1996, and I was the CEO and minority owner. And as you said, from worst to first. And that darn Shaq and Kobe duo took us in the finals. We won the first game, but they won the next four. And so after five years, that was it. Next. And then I just went on and did the hospitality, bars, restaurants, museums, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was searching for happiness and what's next in the external world. I had no idea, as a movie producer would say, cut, and stop and turn around and look <laughs> on the side. I didn't know that at then.
<laughs> oh, Pat, I love you. You know, I didn't realize we had so much in common. You probably don't know this, but I bought my unit at the Rittenhouse from Harold Katz <laughs> in about time becoming the uh, president of the, of the Sixers. And Ralph and, uh, and Suzanne uh, Roberts, uh, were lovely, lovely people who were my neighbors. And I actually used to go and have tea with Suzanne and her uh, her little poodle that she carried around in her bag, which often got left behind, and I would have to go find the little thing that was either left on the table somewhere or at the ballet or wherever we had been that day. Kathy, <laughs> I love them. I love that duo. I, Ralph always gave me support during my five years with the Sixers, uh, there were made some bean counters in Comcast, but I wasn't yeah. too good with the bean counting. I wanted to win at, at all costs. And Ralph was a marketing wizard. I mean, he created Comcast from one cable network in Tupelo, Mississippi, to what we now know as Comcast Corporation. And I just I, love the man. Well, they were a very rare uh, couple. I had uh, had them at several lunches when I was on the board at Drexel, and I couldn't say enough good things about them. And Brian was very, very encouraging when we wrote our book, um, Fearless Leaders, and he participated in that, as did Stephen Burke when we wrote What Happy Companies Know. Ah. So it's, the it's the Philly connection. We can't stop the Philly connection. And I'm sorry <laughs> for those who are listening, who are not from Philly, because this is a global podcast. But, you know, we were watching a TV show last night called uh, Blood Coast, which is a French television show made in Marseille. And the lead character has on an Eagles jersey, uh, like a T-shirt. And I'm like, what? Like, what's going on there? But it, it's just a global thing. We're a global presence. So tell us a little bit about what you have been doing that we know our law enforcement uh, leaders um, can learn from in the areas of uh, communication and healing and just a journey that you could share where, you know, as somebody who has a physical therapist background and a conditioning coach, you realize that no matter what you did or how you did it, something just is going to go wrong. And that's why we call this strategies for turbulent times. You have to rely on yourself to get through something. Can you recall a story that might resonate with our folks in the law enforcement and Department of Defense or military audience? I think it's important, Kathy and Matthew, to understand that all of us, all of us in this human existence, in this realm of form, have to understand the impermanence, the temporary nature of our existence. We think we are invincible. We think we are permanent. We think we can control, manipulate, and change outcomes just by strength of will. That doesn't mean we can't. However, there's also going to be a polarity, and you're going to get the other side of the coin, which is suffering. There's a statement that I love from the Buddha 2,500 years ago. Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Pain, physical pain. I was, my body was diagnosed with cancer, T-cell lymphoma, three years ago uh, last week. However, I did not suffer, not one iota. So the military and the police and those like Matthew, who are the armed forces, 
Yes, we might have to go in and help to change the environment, change the situation. However, we do not have to mentally suffer if, in fact, we are coming from a sense of love and truth. Love meaning we know the unity of the world, the unity of being, and truth meaning what's right and kind and fair. And that's where we have to start. If we're informed by love and truth, the divine intelligence, the divine love that we all share our being, however, there is evil in the world, and that manifests as ego. That's ego they, they, where individuals believe and are attached to their thoughts and they're attached to their feelings. And that tends to suppress or veil their true sense of love and beauty and happiness and compassion and kindness. It's important for us to somehow wake them up. And if it takes a military presence, then that's what it takes. Because we want to be a deterrent for further evil. And at the same time, we want to be a form of transformation from evil to dissolve this evil and see that under everything there is love. Hate is not the opposite of love. Hate is a veiling of love. Evil is a veiling of love. Everyone, the most criminally insane, are in essence love. True love. The same love that you are, Kathy, the same love that I am, the same love that God is. The isness of everyone is that divine presence of love. Love meaning the absence of other. Now, not other expression, no, but the other essence. We're all the same divine essence. However, we are unique expressions of that divine essence. And there's a great Sufi named Haviz, a 14th century Sufi mystic that I love. And he's got a quote, if I might share it. I am the hole in the flute that the Christ breath moves through. Listen to this music. We are the holes in the flute, so be the best frickin' hole in the flute that you can be so the musician can play that beautiful music. Wow. That, that takes your breath away because there's so much in there. And I'm sure all the professional uh, folks that we have in our audience are, you know, kind of questioning themselves, right? I mean, they put themselves between good and evil, every day. And it's probably very hard for us to even consider that there is love within evil. Where, where does this come from in, uh, in, in your background? Does it come from the Buddhist? Where does that come from, Pat? Well, I was uh, brought up as a Catholic. However, I had lost some interest in some of the dogma and doctrines and some of the mentors that Christianity had. And it was about a decade ago that I was not a seeker. I was not a spiritual seeker, Kathy and Matthew. It just happened. Grace struck me like a lightning bolt, which caused a flicker of a spark, which turned into a flame and then a bonfire as I went around the world to find out exactly what happened. However, it was one quote, and grace works in strange ways. So I happened to be on my way from Philadelphia to Key West. It's January 20th, 2015, and I'm reading a travel magazine, and in it is this fellow author, Pico Iyer, I-Y-E-R. Don't know him, never heard of him, but he had in this article, most of our life occurs in our head, memory, imagination, 
speculation, interpretation. So if you want to change your life, you best begin by changing your mind. I went, what? Can you? And here's the inquiry. I asked myself, can I change a mind? As a physical therapist, athletic trainer, I could transform a body. I saw it happen, whether it was pro, collegiate, Olympic, uh, weekend warriors, you could see it happen. However, can you change your mind? What? What is the mind? I could change in my opinion, but can you change your mind? So I saw this fellow, Pico Iyer, had a TED talk, you know, you know, TED talks on stillness. Now, why stillness would interest me is one of the magical secrets that has still to be dissolved. And so I went <laughs> on the TED talk and I thought stillness was just sitting still. I didn't know you could still your mind, that there was this original sense of awareness without any voice in the head, without any feelings overcasting this peaceful, loving presence. However, I watched it, and then that led me to a second TED Talk by a guy named Andy Podicone on mindfulness. I didn't know the word, didn't know what it meant, had never even heard mindfulness before. And this fellow, I found out afterward, he created the app, many people in your audience might know it, called Headspace. So I tried it for 10 minutes. And I thought, whoa, it was a guided app, which led me to a third TED Talk on happiness by a, a monk, a Tibetan monk named Matthew Ricard. Matthew Ricard is a French interpreter for the Dalai Lama, has written the book, Happiness. I know you are the first lady of happiness. Well, uh, 60 Minutes calls him the, the, the pinnacle of happiness. And as a matter of fact, two years later, I drove Diane to Bhutan to be with Matthew Ricard up in the hills of the Himalayas. Well, you know what, Pat? We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I think it would be super if you could share your experience when you went actually to, uh, to, the, uh, to the great, cold, uh, I'll say pinnacle of the world. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Strategies for Turbulent Time. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Results will always favor the peak performer. MagnusWorks is a cutting-edge mobile app to help you and your team build peak performance across 11 critical well-being domains to go from great to Magnus. MagnusWorks balances individuals with real-time tailor-made check-ins with pulse vibes to increase mental, physical, and emotional well-being. It spans every aspect of your daily life. Get started now. Inspire. Educate. Impact. And transcend. MagnusWorks.com. That's Magnus, W-O-R-X.com. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. 
They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Have a question for Dr. Cat or Captain Matt? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back and happy Friday to everybody. Uh, welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. We have such an amazing show uh, with uh, Pat Croce, our special guest. What an amazing and powerful first 20 minutes, and uh, I'm excited for the next 20. <laughs> but uh, for the audience that are just joining us or just kind of a refresher, you know, I was talking with Pat over the uh, break here, and there's a couple quotes that he made and that he carries with him um, that are from, uh, I don't know how to say it, higher powers or just uh, wiser people than us um, that he carries with him and has shared, and it's just, it's amazing to kind of draw the experiences that I've had, you know, going through selection out in Coronado, um, you know, whether you go through Butts, Swick School, whether you go through the academy and law enforcement, whatever challenge, challenging environment that you find yourself in. One of the quotes that Pat shared with us was uh, from the, from the uh, Buddha is that pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. And that's, a very good quote, and I love love that quote because some of the stuff that we've uh, I've shared with younger generations that are trying to go through these special selection courses, uh, the way I say, describe it is that the sun is going to come up tomorrow morning, and it's going to set tomorrow evening, whether or not you're in the program. So it's your decision. And of course, pain is inevitable because you know we're cold, wet, and miserable. You know we're going through some of the harshest environments on the globe. And also, we're going through some of the toughest challenges that we can get put into. And it's our decision, are we actually suffering or are we looking for a higher power and higher purpose to continue to make it through? And I love that quote, Pat, and thank you for sharing that. The other one was, you know, relationships determine results. And especially as we find ourselves in challenging times, and I'm going to talk about law enforcement, a lot of, a lot of individuals and professionals are getting put into leadership positions what happens when you're not ready for that position and that positional authority kind of become a recluse because you're trying to learn that position. And I think that quote relationships determine results is critical because of we're in a day and age of social media. We're in a day and age of electronics where we don't have those relationships. And a lot of uh, the new generations and people that succumb to these devices um, don't understand that, we're not going to get the results that we want unless we form relationships. 
So I appreciate those two. And um, I don't know, you have anything on that? No, I'm going back to uh, Pat. This is your ball. You 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 take well, that. Can I I can add one more, Matthew and Kathy. I'd like to add one more. You just sparked something in me, and I love the present moment. Right now, we're all together with your audience in the present moment. Nothing rehearsed. And I'm glad you just rehashed our our commercial break, Matthew, because that was a sangha gathering by itself. However, if we go back to the Buddha times, but not the Buddha specifically, but the ancient Hindu book of wisdom, the Upanishads, for leadership, there's this one quote that I love. As is your desire, so is your intention. As is your intention, so is your will. As is your will, so is your deed. As is your deed, so is your destiny. So if we go back and reverse engineer our destiny and go all the way back to the desire that leads into our intention, leadership has to ask themselves, what is my motivation? When I become from a me to a we, because now it's a team game. It's not just me, whether I'm an entrepreneur or just by myself, I've joined the ranks of the military or the police or the armed forces, whatever it might be. What is my motivation? Because our deed is predicated on our will. Our will is predicated on the intention, the motivation within, which is our deepest desire. Not an egoic desire, but if it comes from that which is peace, love, and happiness, like true, not pleasure, not smiling and just going around, yeah, yeah, but truly, true, intense happiness, meaning the absence of lack. I don't lack anything, and I want to share everything that I've learned with everyone who's under my wing to the best of my ability. See, that to me is, but we want to help people. We want to change people, but we can't unless we know and go back and reverse engineer what is their deepest desire. We can, like, there's so many people I want to help wake up, but they don't want to wake up. They want to stay asleep and live in this dream world and complain about suffering and drama. They, they like drama. Like, come on. I want to just shake them. And that's what the universe does. The universe will keep shaking people with suffering and misery and frustration and disappointment until they wake the frick up. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I love it, Pat. You know, and some of the things you're talking about, you know, when people, whether they come to you or you're, you're around them, and like you're saying, it's really the quantum physics of how our brain works, our thought process. And I love how you're talking about it. If you look at the, the end state and then kind of peel back the onion, you start recognizing your thoughts. You start recognizing your your habits, um, and then how does that go into the next chapter of life? It's really, it's a powerful thing to talk about. And I, I'll share this with the audience and yourself. You know, when Kathy and I, we first met, and I just got out of Walter Reed. Um, I was there for a month, and I'll share some stuff with the audience and you as well, Pat, um, about the, the power of mindfulness and what is true mindfulness of being in a being. Uh, but one of the first books that, actually the very first book that Kathy threw at me was a book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, and it's by Dr. Or Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I look at this book, and I am start listening to it on audiobooks, and it starts talking about quantum physics. And I was like, what's this knuckle-dragger getting into the world of quantum physics about? Well, I tell you what, that book is amazing on just recognizing and looking at 
you know, you get this guy, this farm kid from Indiana, and now all of a sudden he gets through the wickets and he's a tier one operator in the United States Navy. How did that guy get there? And what was the thought process through the different wickets to get to that position? But not only that, but becoming a senior leader at that organization. Um, I, I think it's very cool, the stuff that, that you're sharing with us, Pat, and just kind of the banter back and forth on what we've learned, uh, what you experts like yourself and this beautiful lady, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, next to me, um, already know. But uh, I hope the audience is enjoying this, definitely. Matthew, you and Kathy have something that's very rare. You have experience. And if your audience just realizes that experience is the test of reality, is the test of truth with a capital T, the perennial truth that goes to the bottom of all wisdom traditions, no matter what religion, what you're sharing is experience, not dogma, not doctrine, not opinion, not hearsay, but experience, experiential evidence that what you are saying works. And that's why people might have the ability to listen. And whenever I'm talking, whether it's the Sangha on Sundays or to whomever, I say, don't believe me. Don't believe a freaking word I say. Nothing. Use what I say on a provisional basis and see how it works for you. And that way, the understanding becomes a, doesn't become a conceptual understanding. It becomes a felt, an experiential understanding. I call it an FU, a felt understanding. And go ahead, you with that felt understanding. And once you feel that, you can't lose it. You can't lose it. And you said something else, Matthew, I'd like to expand on, and I'll call it the voice in the head. To me, the number one step on the spiritual path to self-realization, enlightenment, awakening, uh, inner happiness, is to recognize the voice in the head, that mental chatter. And for those in the audience who are saying, what voice? That one. That voice that continues to talk and repeat and regurgitate and review and just continues to muddle along like a street person, but speaking out loud. Yours is speaking quietly in your head at all times. And when you recognize this voice, for me, it was remarkable. I think it was uh, either Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now or Michael A. Singer's The Untethered Soul that really brought this voice in the head to the forefront. And what I suggest to people once they recognize it, is to name it. Name that voice in your head. So for me, I got two voices. One is the angry Italian. It's like from the Godfather who just wants to <laughs> run over the guy in front of you or the guy that's in the passing lane going too slow. I just want to smash into their back. Or, or it's the wild Irishman from Braveheart that's just there talking to Mel Gibson saying, I, I know about me, but you are. like, And he's got his head. That, this wild Irishman in my head says the most crazy stuff, then I just don't listen to it anymore. I don't believe anything that the voice in my head says. You know, I, I resonate with everything you're saying. I'm sure our audience is too. We all have those voices. And, you know, there's an exercise that I use in my coaching practice where I ask people to write down all of the voices, the ones that uh -oh. are most meaningful to them in terms of encouraging them and the ones that are most detrimental to them in terms of keeping them in place or taking them backwards. And it's a great 
exercise for each of us to recall when we have the opportunity to think about what these voices are doing to us, because they're not only encouraging when we really focus on them, they're part of that truth-telling, right? We can say that that was true about us at a point in time when we had an experience with someone who may have had an experience with us that was less than positive, and that's, of course, when we're talking about the negative voice. But we have to really think about, are we still that person? Because some of us get caught in a time warp, and we stay in a place where we were the most successful in our lives. For some of us, that's when we got out of high school, you know, and we were the uh, the prom queen or, uh, you know, the, the person who was the winning quarterback uh, on the sports team or the lead in, you know, the basketball team, people get locked in a place where they were the most successful and it becomes very hard for them to think about change. And you'll, you'll recognize this when you meet people. These are the people that still dress like they're, you know, they're going to a high school basketball game or a football game or women who haven't changed their hairstyles since they graduated. And I know that sounds harsh, but that's part of the personas that we carry around inside of us that you so beautifully articulated, we can decide to listen to or not. Kathy, I love your exercise. And in a spiritual parlance, that would be called a sadhana, a practice, an exercise, a tool. And this voice in the head, I like to say three steps. One, observe what goes on in your mind, just like you said, recognize it. Two, Notice how you act on these thoughts, exactly what you said, positive and negative. And three, witness and explore the outcome of these thought-generated actions, because that's your experience. Was it positive? Was it negative? If it was negative, how can I make it better? How can I make it positive? If it was positive, right on, put it on the right side of that page that you just recommended through your son. To me... This is such a great exercise. Now, once you recognize the voice in your head and you recognize these thoughts aren't you, they're not true, let them flow through. Same with your feelings, these bodily sensations that you attach to what I call the movie of me. In your mind, these thoughts, when you attach the me to it, the movie of me where you're the protagonist, they become beliefs. When there's sensations in the body and you attach the me to it, the movie of me, they become feelings. So thoughts and sensations, which are neutral, become beliefs and feelings, which you then take action upon, which can cause you or others suffering and not lead to the ultimate goals of success and happiness and peace that you're striving for. It's a very simple but not easy exercise. So you said a mouthful there. It's interesting, the movie of me. And we all live in that movie. It's how we pass through that movie of me and come out whole every day. That is really our daily practice. And it is very difficult for some of us to really focus on that because the external environment in which we're operating sometimes clouds our judgment of who we are, how important we are, how important it is to be doing what we're doing. And in essence, we start hierarchically creating a rank order um, and to my movie and somebody else's movie and then somebody else's movie. And when we don't understand that these beliefs that we're creating create 
real behaviors that we get, I want to say, married to. That's where the mindfulness comes in and the understanding of what we have to do as humans to become more human every day. I love You're every... talking about an ancient word called karma, these conditioned belief and behavior patterns. It's our karma, but that doesn't mean it can't be changed with shining the spotlight of mindfulness. Once you, you see a rat in the basement, you shine a spotlight on it, it wants to scurry. You do the same thing with your thoughts and feelings, your beliefs and behaviors. You will change, but you have to first recognize before you can realize. I say you must see before you understand in the now. S-U-N, like the sun. It shines. You see it? Okay. You understand that's not right or this is right? And now, you're looking at now, not past, not future, right now. S you and sunlight beaming down on your actions. That's the best way to dissolve bad karma. I, I tell you, I love what, uh, what everything that you're going through, Pat. I mean, so many notes I'm taking here. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. Um, but before we take that break, um, the, the critical piece that I want everybody to be picking up, besides all the great notes and the great understanding of what it is to, to be in the being, uh, in mindfulness. Um, once we come back from break, I'm going to talk to Pat about, you know, he was in the martial arts, martial arts expert, and, uh, of course, you know a little bit about what he was doing with the, uh, the 76ers and the Flyers, and that road to success. But as we were talking during the break before, you know, we find ourselves all too often in the doing. So we're going to talk a little uh-huh. bit about how to be. And what does that look like? So you can notice and accept, manage, and express all these thoughts that are going through your brain. All right. Thank you for uh, being with us for Strategies for Curbing Times, and uh, we'll see you in a couple minutes. America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Results will always favor the peak performer. MagnusWorks is a cutting edge mobile app to help you and your team build peak performance across 11 critical well being domains to go from great to Magnus. MagnusWorks balances individuals with real time tailor made check ins with pulse vibes to increase mental, physical, and emotional well-being. It spans every aspect of your daily life. Get started now. Inspire, educate, impact, and transcend. MagnusWorks.com. That's Magnus, W-O-R-X.com. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you Balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program 
enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Have a question for Dr. Cat or Captain Matt? Join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Strategies for Turbulent Times. Always in search of a plan for the unknown, which we know is within us, but not necessarily easy to access. And we are having an amazing conversation today with our guest, Pat Croce, who's enjoyed very diverse entrepreneurial career opportunities from sports medicine to professional sports to the hospitality industry. And with his current meditation health sangha, all of us can enjoy some of his wisdom. Let's talk a little bit about your experiences, Pat, because I know you went to Nepal uh, not too long ago, and you had some interesting, I think, uh, I'll just say, awarenesses about how it is that you can um, get through things. Well, Cassie and Matthew, yeah, it was just this June. That's when I met you when I came back. That first week, I had promised Dr. Monty that I would speak at that integrative medicine. And I rarely speak anymore. I stopped motivational speaking 10 years ago when I was doing self-help because I realized the real game is self-realization. It's more of a change of the self than helping the self. Nevertheless, I, yes, I was on a three week pilgrimage across Tibet, started in Kathmandu, Nepal, went over to Lhasa where the Dalai Lama's uh, palace is and then crossed through China there, uh, Tibet, and all the way to the most western point, which is Mount Kailash, this most sacred mountain in Asia, and then trekked it for two and a half days up to about 18,546 feet. It was uh, quite a journey, enlightening, uh, invigorating, treacherous at times trying to come down because of the black ice. And when you saw me, I had lost 15 pounds across that journey because I have a my body, not me, but my body has uh, this IBS, and so I'm on a strict FODMAP diet. So my wife said, are you crazy? You can't eat that food over there. And I said, well, don't worry about it. And you don't like small buses to travel, and you're not good at following. You're a leader. How are you going to follow with these Buddhist people who aren't on time? And I said, don't worry. I really, Kathy and Matthew, I wanted an intentional interruption of my daily routine. I wanted to get so far out of my comfort zone to see how would I act? How would the voice in my head, what would it say? And how would I interpret it? And how would I act upon it? And it was a great, really, truly a great journey. Would I do it again? No way. However, it was one, one time it was really good. Good. Um, Matt's Matt dying to jump in here. <laughs> Matt's like, first of all, we were supposed to come back to mindfulness after the commercial. You bad, bad co-host. And I'm just like, we'll get there. Like, I'm like the Buddhist monks. We'll get there. You know. No, I tell you, I'm going to get some notes from Pat on that journey with the. Uh, get the heck out. 
I was in the Congo for a month. I lost 20 pounds eating peanut butter because there was nothing else to eat. I'm not going back out in the bundu. I'm done. <laughs> I tell you, no, that's uh, that is such an amazing story, and I, I, it's I love how you just emphasized, Pat. You know that you just wanted to make that change. You wanted to see what it was like to be doing something different than what you were already teaching yourself. And I'm going to kind of segue into the uh, the doing vice the being. And if you're sitting down and you have a piece of paper, I'll share with which I like. Yeah, to share if you're if you're in law enforcement and you're in your car and you're driving, <laughs> yeah, please don't, don't pick up a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I found myself in Walter Reed after 20 years of active duty, and um, you know, a lot of things go through your life. Unfortunately, some some are worse, some are better, which is fortunate. But uh, we don't realize um, what's going through our brain psychologically. We don't realize what impacts it's having to our friendships. As you started off with this um, this episode here, Pat, you know, on the impacts of having those relationships. Um, so I walk into you know I'm there at Walter Reed for about a month. And uh, getting checked head to toe from the top doctors in the nation. And I walk into this one meeting, and I'm running a little bit late because the doctor I seen beforehand, we just ran a little bit late, no big deal. And I walk into this room, and there's a couple other Tier 1 operators at the table. And you got two experts, psychologists, psychiatrists at the other end of the table. And they're being dead silent. And I walk in, of course, I'm constantly in the doing phase, constantly, you know, What's the next objective? What's the next test? What's the next, you know, feedback I'm going to get? And I walk in, and I look at the guys that I know very well by now. And I look at the doctors, and uh, I'm, like, trying to figure out, but everybody's being so quiet, so I don't want to break that silence, and I just watch what they're doing. What they were doing was practicing mindfulness. And ah. it's such a actual way of this uh, exercise. That, that's why I like to share with everybody. Now, I'm sure everybody understands what an Andy's candy is. It's those little, small, chocolate and mint uh, wrapped in green and a green wrapper that tastes oh so good. <laughs> and how do we eat an Andy's candy? You unwrap it and pop it in your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> you unwrap it, you pop it in your mouth, you continue on with what you're doing, you'll grab another one, pop another one, maybe pop three in your mouth, maybe five in your mouth, but you just love that minty and chocolatey taste that you're just in the doing of eating that candy. Now, what these, this exercise was is that it took literally over five minutes to eat one Andy's candy. <laughs> that would kill me. I wouldn't And, of course, I have... You know, I'm thinking the whole time like I'm, like they are. They're taking little bites out of the sandy candy, and I'm just like, okay, this is not fun. What's the point of this? Like, why why are we slowing down here? Well, here's where the piece of paper comes in. So, at the end, once everybody was done being in the being, there was two circles that the experts, the doctors, wrote up on a on a piece of paper. One circle had the word doing. And the other circle next to it had the word being. And they asked, I was the first person that the doctors asked, okay, which circle are you in? And I was like, well, this is an easy answer. I'm living, I'm breathing, I'm in the being, but I am a doer. I'll admit to you, you know, I want to find success. I want to find that next challenge. I want to, you know, greater my purpose of whatever God has me doing. And, uh, they said, no, you don't understand it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? 
So the whole meaning of these two circles is, yes, as a professional, we constantly find ourselves in the doing. So what does it mean to actually be in the being? And I think that this whole, just to wrap up this whole hour, which is going by fast, on the, the, the pieces that you, you're helping us with, Pat, to understand what is truly being in the being, to understand what's going on with us psychologically, what's going on with us in our relationships, and actually just sitting down with your loved ones on the couch, not thinking about, i got to go mow the lawn, i got to go do this, run this errand. Even though you're with your children and with your loved ones, ask yourself, are you ever in the being where you don't have any external thoughts, you're just actually sitting there listening, smelling, using all your senses of being with the universe, but also in that moment of time. Now, before I turn it over to you, Pat and Kat, there's a third circle. And that third circle actually overlaps both being and doing, and that word that they put in the third circle is wisdom. How impactful is that? You know, you get you become an expert. You become a tier one operator. You become a tier one leader. You become an executive director. You become a CEO. Yeah, I'm wiser, you think? Well, the reality is you're smarter. But are you other than the wiser? And I think that that's why Pat went to the Himalayans to find out what is true wisdom instead of just being smart and experienced. Oh, that was beautifully said, Matthew. And if I might add, if, if your audience could picture a cross and you talk about God or a crucifix, it really doesn't matter. But think of the vertical axis of a cross as being, the horizontal axis as doing. That vertical integration of being, where it crosses, the cross-section into the doing, at that point is our present moment, which is right now. It's not becoming. No, it's not accumulating. It's nothing else. It's being in the doing, not becoming, using time as a concept. No, your true experience is now, really right now listening to Matthew and Kathy right now. But as Stephen Covey says, most people don't listen to understand. They listen to reply or respond. They're not really listening. It's really about just opening expansiveness of the heart and really just giving yourself open to whatever is in front of you, the environment, the activity, the passion, the food, the company, whatever it is, this is, is, this isness is God's disguise for you, before you, for you, not to you. The universe acts for you, not to you, even though it might be negative, perceived negative, we're judging as negative. No, look and evaluate, be curious in the present moment of how is this helping me? That's being in the doing. And it's so well said, Matthew, that most people are just doing unconsciously doing with their mind in time, past or future, regrets, resentment, blame, shame, or in the future, expectation, frustration, comparison, judgment. Bring it right back into this eternal now. It's a beautiful spot where you can't be suffering. Suffering, worry, stress can't occupy the now. It has to take your mind out of the now. It's a beautiful secret. You know, Pat, I cannot think of a better way to end today's show with those amazing and insightful words. And you have been so generous 
as you always are with your time and your words and your voice and your intention. And we can't thank you enough. And I know our audience has taken away so much grace and wisdom from today's show. So we're going we're gonna to end it right here. Matthew, any final words? I do have a secret question I'd like to ask you, Pat, if that's okay. Um, sure. As far as the, I don't know if you still have that uh, distinguished beard that I see in the photos here, <laughs> but if you could share with, uh, what, is your, what is your magic to having such a great, great beard? For us that like to grow it out, just look, looking for tips and tricks. You know, it was funny. I was in Bhutan, I think in 2017, when I decided to, I always had a goatee. If you see any pictures of me in any of my, the industries, I always had a goatee. But I decided just to let it grow. And it would be a portal to presence. You know, the portal to being now. If I comb it, it's now. It's not. So for me, it's just... It's for no one else. Some people like might say, why don't you shave that off? But then again, I don't listen to the voice of my head. Why do I care what other people think? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you for everything you shared with us, Pat, and the audience. I hope that you have, uh, you know, from Kat and I, have a wonderful weekend. I know there's a lot of things going on, traveling, vacations, holidays, and uh, we just want to send our best to everybody. And uh, thank you for being with us. And Pat, you know, I can't wait to meet you in person, but uh, till next time, we love you and uh, stay safe. Captain Matt, Dr. Kathy, thank you for having me on, and I love you as well. Oh, we love you too, Pat. We'll catch up with you soon, and everybody stay safe out there. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Strategies for Turbulent Times. We hope Dr. Cat and Captain Matt were able to help you create a plan or simply steer clear of the unknown with ways to overcome challenges in your own life. Until next time, be brilliant and stay fearless. Fearless.